social activist Angela Davis wrote, Jails and prisons are designed to break human beings, to convert the population into specimens in a zoo, obedient to our keepers, but dangerous to each other. Hi there, and welcome to Here's a Thought. I'm your host, Jan M. Flynn, and I bill this show as the blogcast for people who overthink, because I myself am a confirmed overthinker. But for this episode, I'm considering a topic that I don't think about enough. I have the luxury of being able to shove it aside, like many of us do. And that is, I think, not a good thing. But before we get into it, I want to mention that this marks the 100th episode of Here's a Thought. That's not nothing. I looked it up, and according to sites that track this stuff, 90% of the roughly 2 million podcasts out there don't survive past their third episode. That means there's 200,000 that make it to number four and beyond, but another 90% of those don't last past their 20th episode. So, thanks to you, my esteemed and enormously appreciated listeners, this little blogcast is by that measure in the tippy-top 1%. That's something I am proud to share with you, because it wouldn't happen without you. With that eerie sense of timing that the universe sometimes displays, this 100th episode milestone coincides with some big developments in my professional and personal life. In particular, my writing career... <coughs> book deal. <coughs> Can't say too much about that at this very moment, except that it's a very exciting time. It's also a time for me to concentrate my time and energy, which, if you're a fellow overthinker, you know it takes some real effort. For that reason, I'll be taking a hiatus from Here's a Thought after this episode, but I'm not stepping away from podcasting altogether. Until this show returns, you can catch me as one of the rotating hosts on the excellent show Crow's Feet, Life as We Age. It releases new episodes every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a terrific show with an important theme, living life fully and honestly as we age, which is something every single one of us is doing. And I'm very proud to be a part of it. In fact, you'll be hearing me talk about an interview I did for it in a few minutes. I hope you'll join the Crow's Feet Life as We Age audience and follow the show. I'm confident it's worth your time and attention. With that said, let's move on to what's on my mind at the moment. Just last week, George Floyd's killer was stabbed in prison. And I find that disturbing. I find my initial reaction disturbing, that maybe he deserves it. But what I really find disturbing is the brutality of our prison system. Because a recent podcast interview I conducted makes it clear to me that a brutal prison system means no true justice for anybody. Don't get me wrong. I'm clear that Derek Chauvin deserved his prison sentence. If you managed to stomach watching that infamous video footage from May 25, 2020, you haven't forgotten it. Derek Chauvin, a Minneapolis police officer with previous complaints against him, kneels on George Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes. Floyd, handcuffed, lies face down on the pavement. Long past the point where Floyd can still gasp that he can't breathe, long after he can no longer plead for his mother, Chauvin keeps kneeling on his neck while three other white officers look on. 
Bystanders, including the 17-year-old girl who recorded one of the videos on her phone, plead for Floyd's life. You're killing him, says one. Check his pulse, demands another. Chauvin continues to lean his weight on his knee, his face a mask of chilly calm. And you know what happens next. George Floyd goes into full cardiac arrest in the ambulance and is pronounced dead at the hospital. The witnesses' videos go viral. Americans erupt from their COVID lockdowns in protest, and the Black Lives Matter movement is born. In April 2021, Derek Chauvin is convicted of state murder charges and later a federal charge of violating George Floyd's constitutional rights. He's sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. Public reaction is mixed. Some think Chauvin deserved life in prison. A few cling to the belief that his trial and sentencing were somehow a sham. With a long and sadly continuing litany of unarmed, nonviolent black citizens killed by police officers, most often white, many of us were relieved that Chauvin was convicted at all, despite the overwhelming and heroically recorded evidence against him. Chauvin killed George Floyd in cold blood, and he did so thinking he was shielded by his uniform and badge. He deserved to lose his freedom for a very long time. It seemed justice had prevailed until Friday, November 24th. The news was terse, but the Associated Press reported that Derek Chauvin had been stabbed in prison. According to the Federal Bureau of Prisons, quote, responding employees initiated life-saving measures for one incarcerated individual, end quote. As of this writing, Chauvin is hospitalized in serious condition and is expected to survive. Reaction to this news was mixed as well. Some were exultant, like the guy on X who posted, Hashtag Derek Chauvin getting shanked in prison made this holiday weekend just that much more festive. Cheers. Others expressed their belief that everyone deserves to be safe from violence in prison, even Derek Chauvin. I'm solidly in that latter camp. What happened to Derek Chauvin may feel like retribution in a primitive sense, but it's not justice. I'm haunted by what happened to him, not because I feel any particular sympathy with the man, but because of what it says about our prison system. Even more so, after recently interviewing a guest for an upcoming episode of the Crow's Feet Life as We Age podcast, my guest hadn't served time in prison, but he knows many who have, and some of them were wrongly convicted, hence his mission to restore their freedom. Dr. Greg Hampikian, my guest, is a professor in the Biology and Criminal Justice Departments at Boise State University. He's an expert in advanced forensic DNA technology and is a co-founder of the Idaho Innocence Project. He's best known in the media for helping secure the freedom of Amanda Knox after she'd served four years in an Italian prison on a wrongful conviction of murder. His team has helped free over three dozen people who were wrongfully convicted and helped police identify new suspects in six of those cases. My interview with Dr. Hampikian touches on a wide range of topics. He's kind of a Renaissance guy. He's also an inventor, a playwright, a novelist, and an essayist. But our conversation kept coming back to the human tragedy of people serving time for crimes they didn't commit. Sometimes Dr. Hampikian and his colleagues are able to get those wrongful convictions reversed, and sometimes they aren't, no matter how hard they try or how much evidence it seems is clearly on their side. On one occasion, Dr. Hampikian had to walk a man back into prison after his conviction was overturned by one court 
and then reinstated by another. And that man had to return to an environment that is often unsafe and dehumanizing. Our jails and prisons aren't fit places for the innocent or for the guilty. We on the outside, those of us who've never run afoul of the criminal justice system or who don't have loved ones who have, like to assume that offenders are sent to prison to pay their debt to society and become reformed and rehabilitated so they're safe when and if they get released. But our prisons, far too often, make a mockery of the term correctional facilities. They're dangerous places, made even more damaging by the way in which those of us on the outside seem to accept that fact. Prisons are notoriously understaffed. Chauvin, a high-profile inmate who was also an ex-cop, was held in a federal pen because they're supposed to be safer than state prisons. But the facility where Chauvin was held in Tucson, Arizona, suffers from severe understaffing, an inherently unsafe situation prevalent among the Federal Bureau of Prisons. A New York Times article notes that the Bureau, quote, has often relied on teachers, case managers, counselors, facilities workers, and secretaries to fill shifts. About 21% of the 20,446 federal positions for corrections officers funded by Congress, amounting to 4,293 guards, were unfilled in September 2022. And state prisons are worse. The rate of homicide in state prisons is 2.5 times higher than on the outside, and the rate of prison suicides reached a record high in 2018. Jails and prisons are notorious incubators of sexual assault. The Bureau of Justice Statistics released a report in January 2023 substantiated incidents of sexual victimization reported by adult correctional authorities 2016 to 2018. The numbers are appalling. The instances include inmate-on-inmate as well as staff-on-inmate assaults. USA Today, in an article on that report, quoted Jesse Lerner Kinglake, an advocate from Just Detention International. Quote, The violence is so normalized and so ingrained in our society that prisoner rape jokes are common even now in the post-Me Too era. No matter what crime a person has committed, rape is not part of the penalty. End quote. A brutal prison system brutalizes everyone. Do we need protection from rapists and murderers? Are some people so dangerous that they shouldn't be at large unless and until there's sound reason to believe they've taken responsibility for their crimes and have truly reformed? You bet. But do we truly benefit from having close to two million people incarcerated, more than any other nation except China, many of them for nonviolent or non-serious offenses? Is anyone with a history of violent or antisocial behavior likely to become a better person while confined in a violent and antisocial environment? I don't think so. As the Prison Policy Initiative points out, the punitive aspect of prison is supposed to mean being locked up, deprived of one's freedom to come and go as one pleases. It's not supposed to mean being subjected to inhumane treatment, sexual assault, and the chronic threat of violence. Every prosecuting attorney represents the people. That's us. In a democratic society, what happens within the criminal justice system and within its prisons is done in our name, yours, mine, and all citizens. When we tolerate or ignore unjust and brutal conditions, it has a desensitizing, demoralizing effect on all of us. Much of the time, though, 
were insulated from that reality. But after my talk with Dr. Hampikian, I lost my insulation. One part of our conversation keeps coming back to me as I think about what happened to Derek Chauvin, and then what happens to far too many people in far too many of our county, state, and federal lockups. He and I touched on the topic of criminal justice in other societies. In Saudi Arabia, for example, the punishment for theft is amputation of the offender's right hand. We decry that as barbaric, something we would never condone in America. Not long ago, Dr. Hampikian had lunch with several of his former clients, people whose wrongful convictions he'd been instrumental in overturning. All of them had served years in prison for crimes they didn't commit. He asked them this, If you'd been given the choice to lose your right hand and then be released, rather than spending that time in prison, would you have taken it? It's a terrifying question. And every single former inmate answered yes. We've got to find a better way. What happens in our jails and prisons does not reflect the nation we want to be. At least, I sure hope it doesn't. I hope you join me in January for my interview with Dr. Hampikian. That Crow's Feet Life as We Age episode is scheduled to release on January 24th, 2024, on all major podcast platforms. As I said, it's a lively, wide-ranging conversation, and I'm sure you'll find it engaging. But it may leave you with a degree of discomfort about a topic to which many of us would rather turn a blind eye. And that's not, I think, such a bad thing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Here's a Thought with Jan M. Flynn. If you're brand new to the show, there are 99 previous episodes just waiting to give you a brief break from those busy voices in your head by listening to the ones in mine. And while Here's a Thought is on hiatus, I really do encourage you to check out Crow's Feet Life as We Age. Meantime, may your holiday season be safe and abundant. May your winter season be a time of peace and restoration. And may all your thoughts be good ones. <laughs>